I'm Yasi Salik, and I'm the host of Bandsplain, a show where we explain cult bands and iconic artists by going deep into their histories and discographies. We're back with a brand new season at our brand new home, the Ringer Podcast Network, tackling a whole new batch of artists, from grunge gods to power pop pioneers to new metal legends, and many, many more. Listen to new episodes every Thursday, only on Spotify. Club, where we debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. My name is Chris Yang. Today, I'm going to be joined by Rachel Kong and Priya Krishna to make a dish called Kelewele. Kelewele is a Ghanaian dish of fried spiced plantains that none of the three of us had ever tasted, I don't think, or made. And when we jumped on the Zoom to record this episode and started talking about it, it became apparent right away that this was going to be the first or second, maybe third time that any of the three of us had ever even peeled or cooked a plantain at home. Even our recipe submitter, Aku Amatago, who has been eating Kelewele all her life, confessed that cooking it was something that was outside of her comfort zone. So <laughs> all of this got me thinking about this notion of comfort zones. A comfort zone, as the internet will tell you, is a mental state where you feel at ease because you're among familiar surroundings, you're doing things that you're accustomed to, there's nothing to make you feel stressed or anxious. And typically when we talk about comfort zones, we talk about pushing ourselves or being pushed out of our comfort zones. If you think about it, that's pretty unpleasant. <laughs> it's it's always upsetting to be pushed out of your comfort zone into whatever exists outside of your comfort zone, the, the, the general discomfort of life outside of your comfort zone. So it makes perfect sense why people would be reluctant to leave. And if I close my eyes and I try to imagine what my comfort zone looks like, I picture a circle that encompasses everything I'm cool with, every situation that I feel comfortable in, every person I feel comfortable with, every place I feel comfortable visiting, every act I'm okay with doing. And this is my zone. It can expand slowly over time. It can absorb new things. It tends not to, but it can. It'll grow out and spread like a suburban sprawl or something. And the more I've been thinking about this, the more I've thought this is a really unproductive way to imagine one's comfort zone. I'm trying to see it now less as this zone, this circle that moves with me that is like a protective bubble defining who I am and what I'm okay with and more like a literal place that exists in the world where I can come and go as I please. So let me let me overstretch this analogy a little further for you. Comfort zones, at least when it comes to cooking, are like surf breaks. I know that a bunch of you have been waiting this whole time, listening to multiple seasons of Recipe Club to hear Chris Ying teach you about surfing. So you're welcome. Here it comes. As a surfer, you usually have a home break. This is the beach that you surf most often where you understand everything, all the ins and outs of this, this beach. 
where the swell typically comes in, which direction it comes from, which winds make for the ideal conditions, where the best place to get in the water is, how to paddle out. But the first time you surf any other unfamiliar break in a different country, a different ocean, uh, a different hemisphere, it can be hugely intimidating. You're not sure about anything. You're not sure how the locals are going to react. If they're going to look at you sideways in the water, you imagine, of course, that they're just glaring at you the whole time, just waiting to slash your tires in the parking lot. You don't know what's under the surface of the water. You don't know where the reef is, where the sandbar is, how the waves are going to break. You don't know the best way to get into the water. And if you're like me and you suck at surfing to begin with, all of this is enough to make you just pack it all up. Just put the board back on the roof, go find a coffee shop, sit there for four hours, then drive home and tell your wife that you went surfing. But the waves look really good. And all of your friends have told you that this break is amazing. And you work up the courage and you get in the water and you find a channel and you paddle your way into the lineup and you realize that water is just water. You're going to float just like you'd float at home. After you watch a couple of waves break and you paddle into your first one, you realize the mechanics are all the same too. You paddle, you pop up, you turn, it all works the same way. And just like that, you've left your comfort zone and you're surfing in someone else's. There's something to think about <laughs> as you're listening to us talk about plantains, as you are worrying about going to an unfamiliar grocery store to buy ingredients that you don't know and set up for a cooking task that you've never done before. That's the last I will talk about surfing on this episode, I promise. Uh, here's a conversation with Aku, who is a far more articulate person than I am, who is probably wishing she never agreed to be on a podcast with such awful analogies. After I speak with her, you can hear from myself, Rachel, and Priya as we wax up our plantains and paddle out into the ocean of hot oil. I promise that is now the last surfing analogy. Hello. Hi, Chris. It's, it's nice. It's nice to meet you. Can you tell us your name and the dish that you have brought to the recipe club for our consideration? Yeah. Hi, my name is Aku Amatego, um, and I submitted a recipe called Kelewele. Aku, I have to dispense with this right out the gate. So my understanding is you are a friend of our own Rachel Kongs. Yes. Okay. I was wondering if this would come up. To be completely honest, I'm a good friend of Rachel Kong, although not as good of a friend as you are. <laughs> I just want to head off any later accusations of nepotism, favoritism in her selecting this recipe. How do you know our own Rachel Kong? Uh, or is it through professional means or do you just run in the same social circle? Um, a mix. So through basically like literary communities when Rachel was you know, being Rachel and running magazines and writing, we had many mutual friends. And then five years ago, I guess, almost five years ago, Rachel started an organization called The Ruby, which is an amazing community for women and non-binary artists. And I became one of the um, early members of The Ruby. And so we've gotten to know each other really well through that. Amazing. Aku, do you know what the ruby is named after? It's named after your daughter, Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So look at this. I feel like I'm most happy about us closing this loop and excising Rachel Kong, and, and you and I can have our own one-on-one uh, -on -one friendship here. Yeah. So good. let's talk about this dish. Kelly Willie, tell us about this dish. Tell us where uh, your experience with it comes from and what it is. 
Yeah, so um, kelowele is a spiced fried plantain dish from Ghana. Um, and Ghana is in West Africa. It's where my family is from. Um, I was born in the U.S., but um, spent time in Ghana when I was growing up. And so in Ghana, plantains are definitely a staple food and they're eaten in all sorts of ways, including fried. And this kind of like spicy, small bites of plantains, like you might find it as a street food, like just walking down the street, someone would be frying up like huge vats of it and you could buy it. Yeah, I have strong memories of that. It's not as simple as just frying a plantain. So I would say it's not like an everyday food, but it's a very, very common food. And let me ask you this. I know you come from the Rachel Kong literary community. Uh, <laughs> this is a beautifully written, very detailed, uh, very organized <laughs> recipe with context and uh, footnotes and, you know, not just numbered steps, but sub steps. Are, have you written recipes before? No, no, only for like friends and myself. And actually one of the issues may be that it's a beautifully written recipe that may or may not hold up to scrutiny. And that I would say is like kind of my sweet spot. Uh, I mean, I think you've done an amazing job. You've like, you've picked up on the nuances of this genre. You know, you have ordered the ingredients as they appear in the steps, yeah. which is something a lot of people don't do. You've done that right away. You've also included some magnificent notes. T talk to me about this. The, your One of your last notes here is this should be relaxed and imprecise. Recipe assumes one plantain per person. Check out the album Ghana Special while you cook for a high life vibe. <laughs> Always serve with a drink, a super cold lager, a lager, orange Fanta, ginger beer, or Malta Goya. Talk to me about Ghana Special and talk to me about Malta Goya. All of the little asides are either things that will help you do it or give you a good vibe at the very least. Um, Ghana Special is a compilation album that was put together of Ghanaian high life music. I think it came out when I was in college. And so I remember listening to it and really feeling this cool connection between kind of like, you know, me, nerd in the U.S., trying to learn more about these things and like music that my parents listened to, that my grandparents listened to, right? But, um, you know, I gave it to my parents and they would play it at family parties and that was really fun. So you're going to find a whole range of musicians and styles, but it's a really cool compilation album. Um, and Malta Goya is like a malted soda. It's like beer with no beer hmm. um, and a ton of sugar. And we always bought it at the Hispanic food store. And like Goya is obviously such a huge um, South American brand. So I don't really know the history of Malta Goya and like where it originated. But it's something that I just for sure associate with a Ghanaian party. I cannot believe how high you have raised the bar for future recipe submitters. You have musical pairings, alcoholic and non-alcoholic drink pairings. <laughs> You've got multiple suggestions for how to serve this. Let me ask you about plantains generally. Is this is this the only way that you cook plantains or do you cook plantains in other ways as well at home? If I were going to cook a plantain, I actually would probably roast it in the oven. Ooh. So growing up, we ate plantains in every way, like roasted, on the grill, boiled, fried. Um, roasting it in the oven, you get like a really nice combination of it can be really caramelized on the outside and soft inside, but you're not frying food. It doesn't take as long and it's way easier to clean up. 
Roasted plantain. I have not done that one. Um, are there any pitfalls in this recipe that we should look out for as, as we all attempt it? Well, one reason I'm excited for you all as actual cooks and food experts to do this is the frying part. That is actually, for me, the part I struggle with the most. Um, and you'll even notice in the recipe, like I had to fry them at a really high temperature that probably wasn't that safe. And <laughs> so I just, I hope that the frying goes really well for you. Yeah, I, I hope that you figure out like the right spice levels for yourself. It'll taste good no matter what. You don't have to worry about authenticity. Um, so just have fun with it. If and when you have your own cooking show, I think your tagline will be, I hope the frying goes well for you. (laughs) (laughs) May the fry be with you. I like your lipstick, Priya. Thank you. It's the makeup artist from the Sangeet gave it to me. Whoa. Did you wear it? What? what? Why is Chris groaning? I know. Uh, let's go on, Chris. Welcome to Recipe Club. But let's talk some more about the lipstick. Wait, where? Who gave you the lipstick, Priya? It's Lipstick Club. Welcome to Lipstick <laughs> Club, everybody. Where we debate it's... the best way to highlight your the fullness of one's Ew. natural gifts. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Wait, where? Finish your story, Priya. Where'd you get your lipstick? Oh, um, the hair and makeup artist from our wedding gave it to me because she was like, oh, this color looks great on you. And I wore it to the Sangeet. So, yeah. Well, fitting because this meeting of the Recipe Club (laughs) includes all of the members of the Recipe Club who were in attendance at Priya's wedding. Yeah. And not the losers. Ah! One one notable absence who who, uh, (laughs) is not here on this recording. What do we do on this show? We debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. Also lipstick. And our full lips. Yeah, using let's, our full lips. <laughs> let's uh I wanna we let's catch up. Let's catch up a little bit here. The last time the three of us saw each other was how many days ago exactly, Priya? I guess it was like 26, 26 days ago. 26 days ago. You've been married. You've been married. New woman. Hampshire. Mm-hmm. In the great state of New Hampshire. To which which one of the big revelations for me, Rachel, I don't know about you during the wedding weekend was what a connection Priya has to New Hampshire. Real emotional I had no idea. I had no idea. I didn't know that was your birthplace. Now I feel so fondly toward New Hampshire. Oh, it's a great state. Nothing about. (laughs) Well, okay. So Rachel, that was the beginning, middle or end of you. You had, you've been doing some travel since we last saw you and New Hampshire was in there. Give us the highlights, the lowlights, the eating lights. Oh my gosh. Well, New Hampshire, Priya's wedding was a highlight for sure. I mean, because immediately after that, I don't know where, but I got COVID. (laughs) And actually, you know, so from New Hampshire, I went to Maine and Eli and I kind of just drove around Maine along the coast. And that was so beautiful. It was my first time there too. And I was eating a bunch of lobster, started to have a sore throat and thought... Am I allergic to lobster? <laughs> that would really that would really suck. Occam's razor, yeah. That would really suck. And so I um just kept eating lobster, kept having a sore throat, and then finally decided to take a COVID test when, you know, I had a little bit of fatigue too. And I was kind of both relieved and 
sad to have COVID. Relieved that I wasn't allergic to lobster. Sad <laughs> because I, I had COVID. Be like, I thought you were going to be like, I just kept eating lobster and I was getting sick. I had this cough. I was like, lungs. So I decided to take an, a lobster allergy test to, to rule out lobster allergy. And it turns out I'm fine. I was fine. Totally fine. What were you, uh, what form were you consuming the lobsters in, Rachel? Well, I had uh, definitely, you know, I think a couple lobster rolls, but then we just really went for, you know, just the whole lobsters. I feel like those are more personally satisfying to me because then you can really get in there and, you know, even eat the stuff out of the little legs. With the little teeny, teeny (laughs) forks. With the little teeny forks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was, it was really. I employ the, 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 the. Chomp down and scrape method. With same, the legs. same. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty rustic in my lobster <laughs> yeah. eating. No, same. Pretty rustic, um, but pleasurable to eat lobsters. Yeah, Priya, did you live the bridal stereotype and like I didn't eat anything at my wedding? I didn't taste anything. No, I ate so much at the <laughs> wedding. I feel like I literally ran into you as I was like eating like four scoops of salt and straw ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> also, we have to say that all the food at Priya's wedding was so good. Oh obviously. My oh my God. I, I arrived on day seven of 12. No, day. You missed the pizza. <laughs> seven of 12. <laughs> Two of four, I think. But I was there for the, the, the night before. And oh my God, Indian snack spread chat was unbelievable. Pani Puri, I've been so long since I've had you in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> Vada Pao, delicious. I, you know when I ran into you, Priya? I ran into you as you were, you know, doing your, your busy bridal activities. I had to like, I ran into you as my basic ass kids were just eating the bread. Yeah. <laughs> Pao. And I was like, no, 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 you know, they're normally cool. They're normally cool. It's just, they're, they're a little jet lagged. Uh, and then our mutual friend Kushbu <laughs> escorted me to the front of the dosa line because wow. I had Keith with me. She was like, no, 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 it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> you have a baby. We can get to the front of the line. <laughs> and then she just like wedged in there and like got herself a dosa. And I was like, did you just use my two-year-old to get to the front of the dosa line here? I know you cut in front of all those Indian seniors as I know. well. I, it seems a little iffy. I cut in front of a lot of Indian seniors. But Indian senior, you know what's amazing is I was also, I spent a lot of time in bathroom lines with Indian seniors and Chinese juniors. And they like really hit it off. My Chinese juniors and the Indian seniors really hit it off together. That sounds uh, like a good TV show, Chris. Pitch that. <laughs> let, me, let me make a, a competition show. Uh, let's see. We got some business to attend to before we dive into the topic at hand, which I don't think I've said is plantains, Rachel Kong's. Second to last draft ingredient, plantains. But before that, Priya, if you'll if you'll bear with us for a second, in our uh, seaweed episode, for the first time in the whole season, we could not track down the person who <laughs> submitted the recipe. We, you know, she was like, her name was Rita Lee, and Rita Lee was in the wind. We could not find Rita. We could not get her to check her email. After the episode aired, she realized her fault reached out to us. We managed to find her. I spoke to her a little bit because we had a lot of questions for her. And so like, we'll hear from Rita right now, finally, with the answers to all of our seaweed pork ball soup related questions. I had a great time talking to her. Here's Rita. Rita, we found you. Hi. Yay. I'm no longer Rita in the wind. (laughs) 
<laughs> where we tried emailing, we tried. I messaged you on Discord. You ignored me completely. No, no way. No, because like yeah, I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, because first of all, I start using Discord because of the Recipe Club and the Dave Shen Show. So it's totally out of my territory. I don't know how it works, and I just checked it like once in a long while. I don't know why I didn't see it either. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all it's all right. It's all right. Give us give us a little taste because we were just like we were imagining where Rita might be in the world, what she's up to. I understand you're from Thailand. You study in Japan. Is that right? Yes, yes. So um like born and raised in Thailand and currently I'm studying in Japan for my uh, doctoral degree and cooking is a great like therapy. Yeah. I called it a cooking therapy for me. Yep. Tell us a little bit. I didn't get a chance to ask you, tell us about this soup, the seaweed pork meatball soup that you sent in. Where did you learn this recipe and how long have you been cooking it? Yeah. Uh, I learned this from when I was a little kid, just like you and Rachel actually. So it's kind of home recipe. So I guess most of the moms know how to cook this. And so Chris, again, you're right. Most of the time, it's breakfast. And my mom, she used to cook it for me when I was really young. And when I grown up, yeah, when I study abroad, for example, in Japan right now, when I miss home, I sometimes cooked it. Yep. So we all loved it. Brian, Rachel, and I, as you heard on the on the pod, we were all we all love this soup very much. But there were a few questions that came up as we were cooking it. And now that I've got you, I'd, I'd like to clear some things up. When you <laughs> ask for dried seaweed, what kind of seaweed were you, did you actually have in mind for this? Yeah, so it's kind of the blocked one, like the nori style, like Rachel said. That one is more common in Thailand because this recipe is actually, I believed, I, I never really do a deep research for that, but I believe that it's Chinese influence because in Thailand, we have a lot of like Chinese descendants. Yeah. So, all right. Usually I ask the recipe submitters for advice before we cook the recipe. You've heard the whole podcast. Yes. You've heard how it went. How do you think Brian, Rachel, and I did with your recipe? Did you hear anything that you were like, no, 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 they did it wrong? Or did you hear anything that you thought was right on? Like it's it's a little it's a small spot. Like all of you, you you nailed it. It it came out really good. But uh for the vermicelli, you actually should cut it. So yeah, it's gonna be shorter and easier to eat. And also to make it like any improvement, just add a little bit of MSG. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it makes right. everything taste better. So, so the, that's that's the Rita secrets after the fact. <laughs> Cut the noodles so they're easier to eat and add a little magic powder to make it taste better. Yes. Okay. Well, Rita, it was very nice getting to catch up with you finally. We got to make this after the fact. I'm, I'm glad that everybody yeah. liked it. I'm glad. So when you heard the podcast, that was the first time you realized that we had chosen your recipe? Yes. It, it was the first time. <laughs> Next time we come calling, can you pick up the phone, answer our emails, yes. respond to our yes, DMs? Come on. We were worried I about will. you. I will. And I'm so sorry. I is totally surprised that I heard my name on it. It was, no way. This is impossible. I went, what? <laughs> Rachel, were there any any revelations from Rita that would have clarified our task? What do you think? Well, I mean, she 
seemed to think that we all did a great job despite using a totally wrong seaweed. And she seems uh, like a wonderful person. I'm so glad she's been found and she's she's all right. Um, <laughs> another, she's all right. Another mystery solved by the recipe club. <laughs> We're actually we take down the a detective agency. <laughs> I can't believe we solved another one. Yeah, I think we. I think she she validated your choices, your ingredient choices, and uh, she's a real sweetheart. I feel like we should we should have punished her more for not showing up. But let this be a lesson to any future recipe submitters that we will not be so kind to you if you don't <laughs> pick up the phone when we call. Uh, anyway, one more order of business that I, that concerns all three of us before we get into plantains. We've opened the voting. The season wide search for the recipe club season two recipe of the year again this is all taking place on the major domo media discord and all you have to do is if you've cooked a recipe that's the vote you cook the recipe you 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 emoji react we're just looking for which recipe was (laughs) cooked by the most people with the most people right won't it just be the first recipe well i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you right now it's not Mm. (laughs) also we talked about this in the last episode, but there's one Discord user who also misunderstood the assignment and had been cooking every single recipe for the <gasps> season. <laughs> oh my. Well, they deserve an award, clearly. And it's true. Fisheries Make scientist was like, I've just zeroed out all of my efforts. But <laughs> you sign up for the Discord, you get on there, there's a channel, there's a ballot box. If you've cooked something, you you emoji react. And uh, you guys want to get a little bit of mid, mid-voting mid update, some polls, some exit polls? Yeah, you guys want to hear would, how, how things are doing? I would be super curious, yeah. Well, Priya, there is a runaway <laughs> leader at the moment. There's a runaway leader at the moment, and it happens to be your green bean recipe you selected. <laughs> that was it's a... It's your recipe! like what a coup it's wow. like uh more than double the the <laughs> next closest one it's my my pickled green beans with pork recipe oh my god uh in second place at the moment neck and neck with Lee's seaweed soup with pork meatballs is rachel nikita claver's margarita sangria <gasps> I figured that it would be the that that was that was going to be my guest for the most popular. That's hilarious. People like drinking and pork. <laughs> yeah, we focus grouped it. We've come back and people like drinking and pork. What about how are yogurt tortillas doing? I figured that yogurt would be a popular. Those are beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yogurt tortillas so are doing very well. They are they are not far behind. They're right now. I think in fourth place, if I'm counting okay. these correctly. Okay. But here's the thing, Priya, and I, I just want you to have an opportunity to make the case here. But on the last episode of Recipe Club I did with uh, Brian and, and Dave, they were pushing real hard to disqualify Chris Ying's p- pickled green beans <gasps> with pork as a, wow. as, as a, That's as a submission. That's because they're jealous. Wait, also why? <laughs> I, they think there's some kind of collusion or nepotism happening here, but like, it's just a recipe. It's you, just a recipe. It. I didn't. I didn't tell people they had to do it. This know? also bodes. This bodes really well for my children's cookbook. I'm just <laughs> personally, I'm thrilled. <laughs> Chris, I mean, I, it's it's true that I feel like it's 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 a little unfair only in that everybody loves your sweet face and they <laughs> they want a victory. <laughs> For, that, for like, sweet Christine. I feel like it is a triumph against the odds that people are selecting this recipe. It's so true because mine. Dave was like really rude about this recipe. <gasps> very rude. Very rude about this recipe. Yeah. That's because he knew it was going to rise to the he top. Was like, he, he was just like, to, he criticized yeah. every single part of it. Like it literally, he criticized it so much that I went back into the recipe and like 
remade it and like thought about tweaking different things and eventually kind of was just like fuck it i love the recipe as is <laughs> eventually like you know what this is this is his deal yeah. <laughs> this is his issue uh well this is certainly going to be a debate that is going to continue to rage in the recipe club clubhouse i think because it's it's pulling away it's a good it's a good recipe guys what do you want me to say it's it's a fantastic thing but here's the thing I'm not going to accept any sort of prize for this. So even if even if Priya walks away as the champion because she selected this recipe, I think that there's still a race for second place, even in that instance, because whatever prize we give away will have to go to a submitter that is not me. I'm disqualified from accepting prizes from Major oh. Tomo Media. <laughs> you, can, you can give the prize to Ruby and Keith. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they don't want what we're giving <laughs> It's, it's it's not a PJ mask figurine, so I don't think they really care. It's like a Zoom with Dave Chang. <laughs> Fifteen minutes one on one with Dave Chang. Uh, no, thank you. I no. feel like there should be. I I think that like the the prizes should be expanded so that they can include Chris Yang. They can include like another recipe submitter. It can include that one guy who cooked all the recipes. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's have. Let's should have, be like, like superlatives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's do let's do recipe club superlatives. Yeah, let's do that. Most likely, the cutest to the recipe, recipe submitter goes <laughs> yeah. to Chris King. Uh, but this, listen, none of this is none of this is set in stone. We've got plenty more weeks to go, and we've got at least whew, five, six, seven recipes left that can pull out a victory, including this one. Our theme today was plantains. You do a you do an old googly search for plantain recipes and you turn up something like 28 and a half million results. It is a staple starch um, all across the world in, in various places. Rachel, when you selected this, did you select is this one of the recipes or, or ingredients you selected because like you love cooking with it or because you don't cook with it very much? What's your general vibe on plantains? It was that I don't cook with them that often. I think I like buy plantain chips and I enjoy eating those, but I don't really cook with them. And I'm surrounded. I live in the mission in San Francisco, so I'm surrounded by many, many plantains and I wish I knew what to do with them. So it's an educational pick. Uh, what about you, PK? A lot, lot, lot or a little plantain cooking going on in your house? I'm not doing a lot of plantain cooking, but I love, love plantains in every form. Um, Seth and I were just in Barbados for our like little mini moon and we ate so many fried plantains Ooh. and <laughs> it was just like, they're so, I think they're so delicious. I feel like meh on bananas, but amazing about plantains. Wow. Meh on bananas and amazing about plantains. Okay. I don't eat very many plantains. And I don't cook very many plantains. I think the only other time I've really cooked with them was on like we did a holiday recipe club and there was like a tostones type of oh, yeah, the thing. Cups. The, little, yeah, the little plantain cups. Those were cute. But I guess all three of us then are non-experts on the plantain cookery. One thing that occurred to me recently, I was at, I was at home visiting with my mom and uh, I don't know why she did this, but she was like, have you ever microwaved a banana, Chris? I was like, you've been listening to Dave Chang too much. <laughs> I was like, no. And then she showed me things. She she microwaved a banana and like the results were interesting. Peeled? You know, you cook it for like, she peeled it first, I think. I can't remember. I'll have to ask her. She's downstairs actually. But, it peels uh, itself Mom! in the microwave. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it like turned, it dissolves into like, it doesn't caramelize per se, 
but it like turns into like a hot, <laughs> soft banana. Hot banana. Hot banana. <laughs> I do wonder like of all of these, I'm, I'm looking at the, you know, 28 and a half million plantain recipes and I would say like a vast majority are fry the plantain, you mm-hmm. know? And I do wonder if like steaming or like microwaving a plantain would, would produce something like very mm. different. Like if it broke down completely into mush. I don't know. That's just a theory. Does your mom just like eating a hot banana or does she put them into, <laughs> she puts them into something? It's fucked up, dude. I think that uh, my mom loves a hot banana. She likes, um, she was saying something about, I don't know, to be honest with you, Rachel, I was like zoning out when she was telling me about this thing and then she like put it in front of my face and I was like, what is this? She was like, a microwave banana. And I was like, what are we talking about? That? <laughs> She was saying something about like Nutella, like banana and Nutella. I think it just becomes like a pudding, basically, Ooh, yeah, like yeah. a sauce. Okay, yeah, I can okay. see that working. Yeah. And I All think right. if you like, when it becomes like mush, and actually like, I think it's a pretty interesting baby <laughs> food type of methodology, but uh, I really regret bringing this one up. I have no <laughs> answers to the microwave banana questions you guys are throwing out. The plantain, I, I did a little reading, is not, did you know this? Is not like botanically distinct from banana. Like there's no... Like, it's the same thing. It's just whatever species of banana the plantain is or the various species of plantains are just not good for eating raw. Like, that's how they classify Mm -hmm. a plantain as a plantain as something that should be cooked. And, you know, they're they're not poisonous raw, obviously. They're just very starchy. It'd be like chomping into a semi-soft potato or something, right? But obviously the sugars come out when it's cooked and and we all know they fry up real, real nice. Favorite preparations, guys, other than the tostones, other than the fry? Do you guys like any other plantain looks? I feel like I've only ever had them fried now that I'm thinking about it. Like yeah. chips are fried. I think so. I think that's the, I, I know there's like fufu in like East Africa, but I've never had it. I've had mofongo in Puerto Rico, but that's I've still just mofongo. like fried. It's yeah. fried and pounded and then filled with more stuff, pork and shrimp and whatnot. And well, then this is an education. We got a, we got a pretty good number of submissions. There was a Panamanian Platanos and Tentacion, a plantain moqueca, oh my God, a Brazilian stew, a Honduran Korean kimchi. To, I don't know what any of these oh, things are, cool. Rachel, but you saw all of these various options. But what well, stuck I saw out, a few. Yes. <laughs> Selected for me. Uh-huh. But uh, what you ended up selecting was a late submission from a friend of yours. Tell us how this one came about. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I was intrigued by... The other submissions, my friend Aku sent this late recipe after she had heard the seaweed episode and was excited because she said she had a family plant, well, not a family plantain recipe, but but just, you know, she had this dish that her family ate and um, was really excited about it. And so, um, yeah, received the recipe. It looked really cool, like easy, um, but also not just a straight up fried plantain, you know, there's mm-hmm. other stuff going on. And, you know, I love to blend some aromatics. That's like, I think, foundational to Malaysian and, you know, Priya's cuisine as well. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like pounding stuff or like blending stuff. I just love like, you know, ginger and oniony uh, sort of like pounded together and mixed with chili and stuff. So this sounded really good to me. And I knew Aku would submit like a very thorough recipe. Oh my God. The reason it came a little bit late was that she was testing it herself. It was wow. so, so thorough. And she is not, correct me if I'm wrong, right? We. She is not a recipe writer. She is not a, no. yeah, she's not from this world. She's but a she food did, eater. She's a food eater. 
A foodie ter. It just it. What Lala just texted me <laughs> that hearing us talk about plantains and our lack of experience with them, how mad Brian Ford is going to be when he hears this episode. Oh, I'm sure. I- <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. That's why we're learning, Brian. That's why I had to take plantains from Brian Ford. Plantain yeah, that's right. We need, to, we need to. We need from the perspective of the lay person. What is a plantain? You know, we don't need. We don't need this inside plantain talk from Brian Ford. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to the subject at hand. So, Aku sent in a recipe for kelewele, which is a Ghanaian fried plantain dish uh, eaten as a snack. As Rachel said, like, oh my god, this recipe is so beautifully written. It's like she like it's really so understood beautiful. recipe writing right away, right? Which like makes me feel like. It's way easier than I've made it look in the past. (laughs) She wrote in and said, I have equally strong memories of my dad trying to get our plantains to the exact peak peak of ripeness in Maryland and of occasionally getting Kelly as a as a treat in Accra at a street vendor on a hot evening. Your Kelly would be shoveled into a packet or plated and topped with roasted ground nuts. Growing up in the U.S., I knew this as a weekend snack or a party appetizer. Before a fancy celebration, my sisters and I would stick individual toothpicks into the plantains for our guests. Whoa, that's a lot of toothpicks. Uh, the recipe is my attempt at coaching a friend, really myself, to make something outside my current comfort zone using my senses. Guys, this was like, it was such a uh, a nice recipe. She provided not only the recipe, but notes on everything, a beverage pairing, a soda beverage pairing for this, and a Ghanaian playlist, which <laughs> I don't know if you guys listened to Ghana special, but like, Damn, that's a good ass playlist. Like, delightful. It was very, very delightful. It felt it felt really nice to listen to. It made me feel cooler than I am. The recipe, basically, as Rachel said, is you are pounding up a bunch of aromatics: ginger, garlic, onion, uh, nutmeg, chili flakes, with a little bit of oil until you've got sort of a, a paste. You're marinating little half inch half moons of plantain in that paste, and then you are frying everything until it's brown. Topping it with peanuts, drinking it with beer, or uh, what's her recommended soda? Malta Goya. So let's get into it. Rachel, how'd you do with this thing? Oh, man. We were just talking about this beautifully written recipe <laughs> that I actually, you know, I read, read again. And then for some reason, I didn't do half moons. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, I, I think I just spaced out. I even like measured because I was like, I just want to get the half inch exactly right. Um, and then I, I spaced out and I did uh, full moons. <laughs> so they were just full moon plantains. Um, you know, I made the paste. The paste smelled really great. And then I tossed it with the plantains, put it in the oil. It like smelled amazing immediately. Um, I always feel like whenever I deep fry, this is I I did less oil than I maybe should have, but you know, whenever I fry my whole apartment, which doesn't have an exhaust fan, just fills with this oil smell. Mm-hmm. But making this, it was actually like it smelled good, you know, because it had like the onion and the ginger and the garlic smell. So yeah, frying them, it was I felt like the crispy bits were like falling off a little bit for Mm -hmm. me. Like I didn't really, I was panicking because I was like, no, stay on the plantains. I eventually scooped them out with like a little tea strainer. (laughs) And yeah, and then I kind of sprinkled them over the plantains and um, tried to get them to stick. But the plantains themselves, I just thought the kelewele was like delicious. And I I did the, the suggestion of eating it with a ginger beer 
and with peanuts and it was delicious. And then actually after that, I um, roasted. So I did the first batch fried and then I did another batch roasted Hmm. um, just to try that out. And I used the extra marinade to like rub a fish (laughs) and I roasted the fish too. And so I did her suggestion of like jasmine rice roast like a roasted Yum. fish with the with the marinade the roasted kelly and then um just like a salad and then actually a long time ago aku gave me a ghanaian sauce that she had made called black shito and i was gonna serve that with everything but i smelled it and it's like a funky sauce but it seemed like a little bit funkier than usual and i was texting with aku and i was like well there's a little bit of a tang to it and she was like yeah i don't Maybe not. Maybe you don't need that. But I did actually eat a little bit of it because I figured, you know, YOLO. I... <laughs> you only live once for a shorter time than yes, expected. Exactly. <laughs> I think that like that, you know, keeping the the marinade on was yeah. impossible, I think. But I, of all of her, like of her many you know, nice turns of phrases. Like one of her instructions is like, encourage the marinade to stay yeah. on the I was like, how? Like, yeah. Talk to, talk to I, it, I guess. But um, as a side note, the roasted Kelly were really good, mm. but they were like, just the spice level was like way, you know, it was r- really spicy and gingery compared mm. to the fried one. Cause I guess, mm. I mean, I hadn't really realized that, but like it was retaining more of like the stuff, the marinade and maybe wasn't burnt, you know, like all burned off in the oil or something like that. Yeah. Um, what about you, Priya? How'd you do? Well, I was at my parents' house and they love plantains. So everyone was extremely excited about this recipe. My mom like went out and bought all the ingredients and she decided that we were going to do three ways. She was like, Whoa. we are going to deep fry it. Like the recipe says, we're going to shallow fry and then we're going to pan fry too. So I wonder where Priya comes from. (laughs) Wow. So, I mean, deep frying at home is just like making the marinade was totally fine. Deep frying at home is just is just tough. Like my mom has a beautiful kitchen. And the first time we like heated up the oil and put the plantains in the oil just like overflowed and oh. <laughs> there was definitely a kit- I f- kitchen fire that what? I was like filming. And my mom was like, why are you filming this? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, because Chris said I have yeah. to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Never stop yeah. rolling, Priya. <laughs> Everything is part of the show. <laughs> like literally our kitchen was like on fire at a certain point. Um, but so we tried like a, the three. Is there like a GoFundMe that we should be pointing people <laughs> to here to like rebuild Priya's mom's house? We're uh, yeah, the house is fine. We're fine. Uh, <laughs> okay, so fire, fire is fine. Okay, keep going. Yeah, that kitchen can withstand kitchen fires. Um, <laughs> and like my mom, after Indianish, my mom like is not phased by burn <laughs> burning kitchen fires. She's just like it's all part of the process. So we did these three methods: the deep fry. Like it felt like it was it had fried off the like really aromatic gingeriness mm-hmm. of it. Like I I wasn't getting that as much, but it was very like plush on the inside. The pan fry, it was good, but the inside wasn't plush. It was like a little hard. Like mm. I feel like it needed it needed to be fully mm. submerged in the oil. Yeah. The shallow fry ended up being like the perfect medium where you really got that hit of ginger. The inside was mm-hmm. soft. The outside was crunchy. 
we had like almost no luck with the crunchy bits. Like it, they were just basically like, it was like crumbs and we had, we had like a spider and we used that and like eating the crumbs was delicious. But like <laughs> it, it, I was expecting like, you know, in like yeah. Bacora, you get these like big chunks and we, we had no big chunks of fried bits, but like the little crumbs we had were really, really delicious. Um, and my mom came up with the brilliant idea of using the leftover marinade as a sauce which yeah. was awesome. So we basically just like dipped, like we took out the plantains, cooked them, and then just like dipped them back into the marinade where, that they came from. And it was awesome. That's, That's awesome. a powerful sauce. And my mom ended up roasting <laughs> vegetables and was just like tossing the rest of the marinade yeah. on the roasted vegetables because she was like, this marinade tastes good on everything. And we had it with roasted peanuts and Topo Chico. Yeah, whole, like my dad gave it the thumbs up. He polished <laughs> off a a big batch of the deep fried ones. I mean, yeah, we thought it was it was delicious, but like the deep frying was really precarious. Like I think I wish the reason I love dipping in the marinade is cuz like even with the ginger flavor, like I could have I could have used more heat, more mm-hmm. ginger, like just more flavor, I think. I think that I probably put a little too much oil in my paste, like it was a little looser than it should mm. have been. So maybe that's why I wasn't getting it as much, but I mean, I yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really delicious, but like deep frying at home, just a, a tough endeavor. Yeah, I think I think that I had I had the same sort of pain points as you guys. You know, <laughs> deep frying is messy. Obviously, deep frying is dangerous for sure. Like I I like I didn't have a spillover, but like this is a wet marinade and dunking it in there, like it brought the oil to the meniscus of the pan, and I was like, oh <laughs> shit! But like I survived. I think that. The other thing about deep frying in this case is, you know, most people will say, well, if you're going to deep fry, then just like deep fry something else the next day and the next day and do deep fry mm-hmm. every day. But like you can't really do that with this because the 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 marinade is unstrainable <laughs> and it's going to flavor the oil really intensely. You can't really yeah. use this oil again for anything other than this thing. I just I've gotten really tired of like canola oil flavors like i went and bought grapeseed oil to fry in like the other thing that kind of bums me out about frying at home is just the cost of oil is so high like a liter of grapeseed oil probably doubled the cost of this recipe you know it's one liter of oil is as much as everything else combined so like that's like that's the one bummer about it is is frying is not something i typically do at home ever. And then the other thing to both of what you're to what you're both saying is this is a tricky fry. Like the there's nothing ad, like causing the marinade to adhere to the plantain at all. And Aku says to like turn the oil up to like 400. I think it's way too hot at yeah, 400 because I think down. the aromatics will yeah. burn instantly. And as like a, a way before these plantains because like fried plantains take a little while to brown and especially to crisp up. So I don't have an exact solution. It worked out well for me, but it was like, it was not a set it and forget it situation. I, I scooped it all in there in batches, like definitely in batches. <laughs> so you don't have a grease fire. And then I had like a fine mesh strainer and I found myself like straining out all the bits, putting them onto a paper towel, to drain, doing as much as that as I could. And like, tr- and then basically just frying the plantains by themselves. My end product was great. Like I was able to like mix them all together again. And that's when like I was able to encourage them to adhere was like when they were rolled (laughs) around in the fried bits. But like, so part of me is almost like you might get away with like 
I don't know that the marinade is bringing that much to the actual plantain. Whereas like you could fry these aromatics and then toss them almost like you were tossing like Nashville hot chicken, right? You could fry the thing yeah. and then toss it in the, in the sauce and the yeah. marinade or whatever afterwards, right? Like that That's would be really- That's what my mom was doing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that would be like an easier way to manage this. I, I'm, I'm imagining that like somebody making this on the streets in Accra is like, very deft at like knowing which comes out when and like making sure yeah. things aren't burned and aromatics aren't burned. But I would almost think about treating this because some of the spices are just dried spices too. I would think about tr treating this differently and frying the plantains and then tossing in stuff that's already been toasted or, or whatever cooked through. I definitely thought mine was going to come out spicier. I was like pretty heavy handed with the yeah, chili same. and like it didn't, it wasn't spicy. So I think you can be a little more generous with that than, than you think. And then the last thing I did, I only made one batch. I didn't do two like you guys and just oh, multiple half, half batches. Rachel, that is your vibe is like splitting one batch into yes. two different experiments. I love <laughs> I it. I mean, two person household. After we, after we watched the, uh, apple dumpling mountain dew apple dumplings video i was like oh rachel made like two in mountain dew and then like 12 <laughs> in, in, in ginger i beer. hate mountain dew priya how do you feel about mountain dew i feel really indifferent towards mountain dew honestly I feel i'm not a big soda person revulsion well, wow mountain dew if you're out there listening i love mountain dew i find it so refreshing and and green <laughs> uh yeah, so the one thing I did at the end was I wasn't entirely sure what she meant to like serve with peanuts, like just on the side or whatever. So I threw a bunch in the fryer with the uh, <laughs> with the plantains in the last batch. So I, I you know, that's a great idea. Three batches and I good. fried yeah. a bunch of peanuts at the end, and then tossed it all together. And like, oh my god, this is so delicious! It's like <laughs> it's really, really, really good. Like. You have to eat it with a drink, whether that's a beer yeah. or a soda or mm -hmm. anything. Like you need something cold and refreshing to go with it. And I think that sort of speaks to, you know, Priya, you're saying like you dipped it into the marinade. Like, I don't know if this is a thing, but as I was eating it, like I craved some kind of like moisture. <laughs> like I yeah, wanted like a same. squeeze of lemon yeah. or mm -hmm. a sauce or something like and that's, I'm sure that's why you you eat it while you're drinking, but like I like a squeeze of lemon, I think might've uh, changed mm -hmm. it, but it would have been pretty delicious all, all together, man, really, really good. I, I wish that I could have this on a regular basis without frying in my house, but sound like Priya, like maybe the, the, the pan fry, the shallow fry might be the way to go. Well, my mom had suggested the roasting technique that Rachel used, but we just like didn't have any more plantains. But I would, I would try that. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, the roasting, I think it solves the problem that Priya is talking about. It was very flavorful. Like you could really taste the spice and the ginger. It's just, you don't, obviously you don't get the, the really crispy fried mm -hmm. bits, which is sad, but I mean, it kind of gets, you know, like a little bit like browned and stuff on top, even in the oven um, at a high temp. Someone should air fry these. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea because then it wouldn't fall off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Shit. Oh somebody my god. Somebody should Somebody should probably. Somebody this, is, we yes. may have found the the greatest use for an air fryer is Can this we say Ghanaian that, strip yeah, food snack. Yeah. Whoever does this gets someone air an fry. award. Yeah. <laughs> an air fryer. The air fry award. I just think that air fryer should club. start marketing air fryers to Kelly Willie fans. Like obviously, yeah. like people. <laughs> that's like a, a underrepresented group of people who. <laughs> <laughs> who are struggling with this exact problem that the air fryer might solve. Uh, this did make me think, because Aku was saying that like 
this is what she ate for uh, appetizers at parties at her, you know, her family's parties. Do you guys remember having certain dishes or appetizers you ate at family get-togethers like this? Yes. I mean, I know what Priya's is, the bel puri, right, so, that we so made. Much, yeah, so much bel puri, samosas, pakoras, um, namkeen. Like, there's this mix that Haldi Ram makes called katamita, which literally translates to sweet and sour. Like, all of those, like, fried beige crunchy bits so how would like how would the frying go down at a party like this, at like your family's party? So oftentimes we were buying them, but if we weren't buying them, my parents at our house we have like outside our in our backyard we have like a little one burner outside, mm. and so my mom just refuses to fry inside. So if she yeah. was making something, she would just go outside and fry it all outside. But like most of the time we were buying it from like an auntie who has like a cottage business where she makes this and gives it to us. So awesome. <laughs> uh, Rachel, did you sign up? So Priya, I asked Priya this question. I asked the person who has the most party appetizer <laughs> memories of on the planet. Did you say no at the same time? Like you don't have little oh, no. party apps. I didn't say no. I, I don't actually remember though. I feel like, uh, you know, we got Costco cocktail shrimp in the plastic container and I'm kind of blanking right now. I don't know, Chris, what do I do? We also got, I also, I remember Costco used to sell like boxes of frozen hors d'oeuvres and oh. from the time I was like eight years old <laughs> until like whenever the I- the puff pastry kind of- Yeah, just like an assortment things. of yeah. little mm-hmm. like petty four type things. And I was like, I remember just, I ate them like an after school snack. <laughs> yeah. Like, would bake some hors d'oeuvres and just like puzzle over what the hell that word was. <laughs> but I, uh, I re- my, then my parents would always just buy, like my mom would always put out some spread of like, here are the three, the three pack of crackers from Costco. Only one mm-hmm. of which is like worth eating. You know, the other two are <laughs> oh, disgusting, no. you know, yeah. and then here's like some, uh, borson cheese and here's like a, flat of smoked and orange dyed salmon from <laughs> Kirkland signature. Uh, which I, I, I loved all of this as a kid. Like we never had this in our house, right? Like we mm-hmm, never got to right. eat this. And like, there was never, there weren't like Chinese appetizers. Like no. nobody was making like cold jellyfish and you know, like smashed cucumbers. Like that wasn't, I didn't, I didn't grow up and eat drink man, woman house. Like it was just like my opportunity <laughs> to eat this like kind of junk food. And I was thinking about this because Aku has this like really beautiful memory of doing this and like wants to recreate it. And it dawned on me that in like recent years or like decades, as I've like taken over all of the holiday party cooking, like my mom still always comes (laughs) with like, she somehow managed to sneak out to the grocery store, buy a bunch of crackers and like a little cryovac pate, like some like smoked salmon. And I'm all, and she always tries to like put it out. And I'm always just like, shooing her away just being like no mom no. like i'm making this cool retro shrimp cocktail ice sculpture over here like i'm a cool guy like the cool things to eat shrimp cocktail mom you idiot <laughs> like the truth is like people want things that are just like crunchy and salty oh my god that is hilarious yeah and like i was feeling really guilty now like next time i have a, a little we have a family get together like i'm 100 just gonna be like mom you're in charge of appetizers yeah you know i'm not gonna mess around i hope i won't stop screwing things up ruining everybody's good time uh (laughs) (laughs) anyway so that's this was our plantain recipe rachel you've got time left for people to tackle this one 
you want to make the case to try to drive this one to the top of the charts or or mm-hmm. do you want to take this opportunity now with the voting open to yeah. back a different one of your horses and try to get oh. people to make one of your other recipes. Priya, I will also give you an opportunity to back a horse here back and make a, horse. a case. Yeah. I love so many of my horses. I mean, I think I have to strongly recommend making this recipe in an air fryer because we are so curious and we really want to know how that turns out. So I want many, many wedgies to make this in an air fryer. Let us know how it goes. Um, you can try all the combos. Malta Goya, ginger beer, beer. Ghana special. I mean, so many great options. And then, yeah, I mean, I feel, I still feel so fondly about that seaweed soup and I want to make it again. So that's definitely something that I recommend people try out too. And as we've learned, seaweed is like the best food. Right. What did we say? It's the, it's the only food that you can eat, breathe, and have sex with. <laughs> yeah. Wow. T-shirt. Uh, Priya, that is a t-shirt. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you the mic here to. I knowing knowing how much you like to win these seasons. You wanna <laughs> you wanna put some support behind the uh, the pickled green beans. You wanna put some support behind any of your other horses here. Yeah. I mean, like, I think the two recipes that I found to be like the best combination of like easy and delicious are the ones at the top, which are your green bean recipe and the yogurt tortillas. So many of the recipes were really delicious, but like recipes I would actually make on a weeknight, those two are front and center. Like the green bean recipe basically happens almost entirely in a microwave and you finish it in a pan and it gives it was like eating at a really, really delicious Chinese restaurant, but you did it in a microwave in your own house. And I found that to be really remarkable. Just also like the high le- amount of like acid and like tart tangy flavors in the recipe just like makes it so, so good to me. And you can kind of riff on it in endless ways. I've like, I don't know, like I- I've done it with tofu instead of pork. I've, you know, added fish sauce. I've added chili crisp. Like I've just, I've like, just like rift many different ways. I think it's just like a really great base for a recipe. Um, and Chris, you did a great job. Um, and <laughs> he, you did, you did. Like it really meant a lot. Like, you know, the, the recipes you develop for my kid's cookbook are all just like huge, huge winners. The dumplings and the hot pot too are amazing. So get in there, guys. Get in there. Come on. Chris, just a good screw, recipe developer. David Bride for disqualifying this thing. Come on. It's but like, fun. I will also say the yogurt tortillas is like, was, was the most surprising recipe of the whole season. Like I was truly amazed at like, I've always loved yogurt. I'd never, ever made tortillas with it. I was so amazed at what yogurt can do. It made bouncy, stretchy, slightly tangy, delicious tortillas that like browned beautifully on either side. And I was so thankful to just like have a stack of those in my freezer. It just like meant I could have lunch anytime. And I hate the technical aspects of bread making. It's I have no patience for it. <laughs> Seth makes most this of the bread. Brian's most hated episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate baking. We know nothing about plantains. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, someone should censor this from him. <laughs> this is like the bread recipe for people who are just like who just just simply cannot with bread recipes. Like it is. It is truly so, it's like the easiest bread that you will ever make. Um, And there is a reason so many cultures rely on round, flat breads because they're easy and forgiving to make a lot of the time. And this one is one of the more forgiving recipes I've encountered. Priya, were you in student government? (sighs) Um, Yes, I was. Yes. (laughs) 
thought so. That's a crucial so. fact. I, I thought so. I thought so. I was president of my class. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> Stump speech pro over here. Uh, last note on the voting. Rachel, mm-hmm. summer jello salad is dragging. <laughs> I would not vote for that myself. <laughs> so be, is that is it? It's tracking behind. Is it in the last? Also, I didn't pick well, that. Yeah, what, what's in? What's no, in last you didn't. Place? You were on that episode. In last yeah. place currently is Noah Mashni's bean goop. Oh hummus. no, we're so sorry, Noah. Oh, bean goop. Oh. <laughs> sorry, bean goop. Sorry, <laughs> Noah. Sorry, uh, That was another one of our episodes, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm. Not me. No. Not me. That was oh, not oh, you. with Dave. Oh, it was with Dave. yeah. Dave's handmade tahini. Dave's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Priya just omitting the tahini yeah. entirely. That's not your fault, Noah. This is your Robin Williams goodwill hunting Of course, I wasn't moment. confusing you for Dave there. I just, <laughs> it's just a lapse in, and this is my COVID brain. <laughs> Uh, next week, Dave is back. John DeBerry as well. We're tackling edible spirits, uh, oh. which is our our way of describing a dish that incorporates liquor. Uh, until then, you can watch the video. Pre, are we going to see some kitchen fire in this video? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I. It's because my my I had my dad helping, Seth helping, my mom helping. So I got to really like my camera work was better than ever this episode. <laughs> All practical effects. We got a new cinematographer. <laughs> it's going to be great. You can check it out on Spotify exclusively right now on the Recipe Club TV feed, which is a different one from this one. So switch over there, watch the video, come back here, listen to us, joke around. Uh, or there's going to be a link in the Discord. We'll share Aku's recipe there, as well as I think we got to share this. We didn't. We didn't really give enough love to Ghana Special, which is the album she recommended to us. Like very, very, very good listening for like cooking, hanging out, eating dancing <laughs> i found uh, it great for writing too and for, awesome. great for writing too one of our one of our greatest fiction writers is 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 <laughs> promoting it as a writing because uh, you can't understand it you know or i mean unless you're, you're <laughs> i mean that's true right unless you like, the language, speak the language yeah. and you're just like this is not good writing music <laughs> rachel uh cook this recipe we all loved it try it in the air fryer get on the discord and let us know when you do it Rachel, you got one more ingredient this season, which is spinach. Any uh, mm. any special requests for the kind of spinach recipes you're hoping to receive? I think I just want something that's that's going to surprise me that that is going to you know really sell me on on spinach. I think at the very beginning I said I didn't want any raw spinach salads because those yeah. are sad to me. Yuck. Yeah, but. You know, change my mind. I don't know. Send me something cool. No, no, don't. That's, they're they're yucky. Should they Seth yucky, submit though. his his um, his salad recipe? It's it is spinach leaves at the bottom. Oh my god. Well, I feel a little bit. I don't. I feel like I can't. I can't be nepotistic twice. That's true. It includes whole baby carrots, not chopped. Oh my god. This is something humans? that I'll share with you. Like it's like that's like that's what you feed goats. Does he eat it with a fork? <laughs> like, does he? Yes, he stabs the, the carrot. Oh yeah. wow! No, he that's just, a little. That's a little violent. Dips would, his head into the trough watch and out just munches bit. it up. <laughs> just comes out of there, just yeah. chomping. Uh, follow this podcast, rate it, give us five stars. Check out the Recipe Club TV feed. Uh, we've got a few more episodes this season with both of our friends here, and then Priya. I think you got to prepare for this debate. I think next time you you're on, I'm like with... I'm just not ready. I just like I simply I have no tolerance for Dave anymore. 
comparing me to Supreme Court justices. (laughs) We should just have a debate in the ground rule where Dave can't compare anybody to a Supreme Court justice or Trump. Just like you have to have a real argument. Uh, Well, stay tuned for that. We'll talk to you all real soon.